from the William Hill Sportsbook at Silver 7's Hotel and Casino, it's Cofield and Company. Here we go, Thursday spot. You know it, Silver 7's, Flamingo and Paradise, 277 on many of the drinks. That's the happy hour here from 3 until 5 o'clock. Football season is here. Bouncing all over town. We'll tell you about uh, Raiders camp this morning. Josh McDaniel spoke, so we'll hear from uh, the coach multiple times throughout Cofield and company. John Von Tobel is the company. Jet's helping out down here with the controls, and Ari is back in our Finley Toyota studios. Let's do it. It's the three on Cofield and company. So we have a lot of locals come up to us, you know, say hi, hey, we listen. Long-time listener, that's cool. We appreciate that. And then a lot of times as they see the set here, uh, tourists, out-of-towners, are like, hey, what's going on? You know, I actually had a lady asking about 10 minutes ago. She was like, oh, what are you you're broadcasting for? I think she said the fights. I don't even know what she was talking about. but The fights. Um, I was asking her where she's from. You don't have this problem. When people ask you where you're from, you can just say Las Vegas. Yeah, pretty much. So when they ask where I'm from, like New Jersey is kind of a vast Small state. It sounds weird. Uh, but there's a lot of you know, little cities, and you kind of have to, like, you know, I always say, like, do you know the state at all? Mm-hmm. So I try to pick some place that might be recognizable. Piscataway? No, I always go with... Newark? Well, I'm actually from this area, but I always go with Freehold and Asbury Park because that's Bruce Springsteen's area. No so if you're 75 years old, like, you know, some of our local media members who go to every Bruce show, people know Bruce Springsteen, so they might know. You know, I just say Jersey Shore, right? Um, so this one, uh, she's like... I said, hey, where are you from? She's California. I know California pretty well, right? Yeah. I said, where in California? She goes, Oak Hill. And I was like, what? Oak Hill, California. Don't look it up. Don't okay. look it up. Do you All know right. where it is? No, I wanted to look it up. Okay. It's actually it's actually very close to uh, a route you take all the time when you drive to California. Fifty is long, Along the 58? Or we're we talking about the, uh, the, what do I take? Not the 5. The 15? 93. Or something <laughs> well, anyway, like that. Uh, right. the 15, it's actually a little bit south of Victorville. Oh, uh, okay. And I've obviously driven by Victorville a lot of times. You probably have driven by more. Yes. I didn't I didn't know Oak Hill, so I thought that was interesting that she didn't pick a bigger area. Like, she's north of San Bernardino, south of Victorville. Oak wow. Hill. Maybe she wanted more conversation. Maybe. Where is that? Yeah. But I tried to act like I was cool and I knew I California. I mean, come on, though. Just say, like, Riverside or something right? like that. I, I, you know what I mean? Say San Bernardino. I feel like you're trying to sound like you're some, from somewhere cooler. Apple really Valley, are. I would have known. Right. Like, when I tell, like when people ask, like, where my wife's from or, like, what area, I just go, like, Fresno. I'm not going to be like, have you ever heard of Merced, California? Nobody knows that's, who that is. That's, that's a little more well-known than you think. But you're right. For people who are not familiar with California, they might not know Merced. Right. I'll say Los, as many people say, Los Banos from right around there. Okay. It's actually Los Banos, but, yeah, Los Banos. I'm glad you bring that flavor to the show. <laughs> Although I, I apologize for the Choco Taco reference the other day. But we will be hitting the Choco Taco later. We have to. Got discontinued early in the week, and the Internet's freaked out. Freaked out. Man, Kansas City was very fired up yesterday about a Major League Baseball trade. And when I saw them analyzing the trade, I was like, wow, they're a lot in life as fans. The Chiefs are awesome. <laughs> they're a lot in life sucks. Like, there was, like, there was like a healthy debate over the prospects they got in the Andrew Benintendi deal. That is rough. 
It is, but real, I, real like that. That's one of the more intriguing things of the season. Oh, Benintendi, we traded him to the Yankees. What did we get? I actually, to be honest with you, I I'm a little jealous of that. Like I feel like I want to make the transition now. I want the Angels to ship off everybody so I can start getting into like more like, hey man, what are the Salt Lake Bees got coming up this week? But do you want to go on an eight year run? It's a little shorter than that for the Royals, right. but I mean, like, do you want to be in that hole for nine years where you're you're getting mad because? You didn't get a top 19 prospect from the Yankees? Do you guarantee me a, a World Series berth with an unknown result in the World Series? At it the end did, of that nine-year It did draft? work for a couple of years for the Royals. Yeah. I don't know that it's ever going to work again. Oh, I bet. You're right. I think they stepped in it. It is quite the, uh, it is quite the existence, though. So Ben Benintendi goes to the Yankees. This comes on the heels of, pun intended, uh, Giancarlo Stanton having an Achilles issue. And by the way, I've said all year long, I think the Yankees are very good, but you do realize this is really the first time that the offensive line that is Stanton judge, right, 6'6", mm-hmm. 245, and 6'7", 282, that they're actually healthy for a long time together. So now Stanton leg issues at times. They bring in Ben Benintendi, but he's not vaxxed. And you remember the Royals went to Toronto and were missing 10 players. Benintendi was one of them. Toronto is in the mix to make the playoffs. The Yankees didn't just trade for a guy who won't be available to go to Canada, right? I don't think so. By all accounts, I think it was reported earlier today that Benintendi has made it known that he's willing to get vaccinated now. Uh, well, then what, so then trust. what was the point? In the, was it a freedom fight? Is it being afraid of needles? He, because I, I hear a lot of baseball players like um, JT uh, Rio Muto said with the Phillies, he was not going to let Canada make him take the shot. And then I thought he was kind of insulting. He said, uh, and I'll give up a little bit of money. Like, dude, you gave up $210,000. Yeah. He makes like 17 mil a year. I mean, it's also insulting to your teammates to an extent, right? I mean, what Ben Intendi but, came out and said, too, where he's like, ah, you know, if I go to a winning team, I might consider getting it. Oh, I didn't see that. Oh, uh, this is while you're on vacation. Or he's like, yeah, you know, if, if I could trade, if I go to a winning team, then, yeah, you know, I, I'd consider doing it. And, and I guess. General manager was like, that's, he went on. I actually, he was on with Seren. We read a quote from Seren's show. Oh, I didn't know that oh, happened. Oh, yeah, GM ripped into him. Yeah. Well, it's ridiculous. It is a ridiculous statement to make. And it's ridiculous here. And, and I'm with you. You know, we brought that up when, when he originally, when it was originally known that the Yankees were sniffing around him. And he was one of the 10 players. It was right under the time that they went to Toronto. And when he says something along the lines of, yeah, I'll, I might get it if I go to a better situation, then what's – you can't say that you don't want it in your body because if you're willing to just put it in your body because the situation gets better for you, then it's not because of that. Right. Then what's the reason? Other than just being a pain and doing all – like, what's the reason? Yeah. And you do, you do realize 20 – I guess it would have been 2021 because 2020 was so abbreviated. 2021 – the Royals were horrendous mm-hmm. on the road because they had so many players who were unvaxxed and also got COVID. Uh, the Phillies have also hurt themselves over the last year and a half because of the same situation. Phillies got swept by Toronto. Cardinals wound up splitting. Cardinals had two of the top five war players in Goldschmidt and Arenado not go to Toronto. They wound up getting a split. So, well, I hadn't heard that about Benintendi, that if he went to a better situation, he'd get it. And I guess I guess it's the same thing with uh, Whit Merrifield, you know, their former all-star kind of utility second baseman, that he'll get it, 
if he goes somewhere where they're winning and and, and he feels like he then he has to from a competitive standpoint. And, that is kind of that is a that is a slap in the face. I mean, like all the way up to the owner. Right. Certainly in the fa- in the face of the fans. I mean, look, I, I like I said, it's started just the most basic level. If you're with the guy and you're playing as hard as you can every single day, and the dude's like, yeah, you know, I might make myself more available, but for a better team and for a different team. Like, that's what, what am I out here doing? Right. right, playing next to you. But I would think too. I mean. I would assume the Yankees are not shipping off any sort of asset for a guy who will not get vaccinated. Because like you said, there is still the opportunity that they play. They only have, I think, one more regular season series left with Toronto. But that is a potential postseason series opponent that you're going to face. And depending on the round, it's going to be more road games and how long that series goes. Right? I I just – there's, I would think that you're smart enough to do your homework to get some indication that he's going to do it. And I think there's been reports that that is the case. Football training camps are starting to open up around the country. Raiders opened up a week earlier than everyone else. And, you know, I've been out to Raiders camp more than a few times, and it's pretty chill. They have some superstar players, but most of the guys are kind of down to earth. Um, There's not a whole lot of pomp and circumstance during practice. And then we get to the Denver Broncos. And I'm watching one of the Broncos beat writers yesterday say he feels creepy like a stalker because he was following the entrance of Ciara. Okay. And... Russell Wilson, and then they got their kids. What the hell is going on? Well, I don't know about Ciara, but did you see the car that Russell Wilson showed up in? I don't even think it's a car. It's like a tank. Stop. It's ridiculous. It is. Okay, <laughs> this is the best picture I've ever seen in my life. It's him being dwarfed by oh his Oh, my car. God. Look at that thing. I'll, I'll retweet Why it. Why is there like there's like a there's like a 30 – I don't even know if there are 30-inch tires. Look at the tire on top of whatever – how Automobile that is. How tall is Russell Wilson? Six foot. Six foot. So like the tire is goes up to his waist. It seems like at least. Oh, I meant the tire on the top of the oh, truck, well, that, which, which the then rises too. to like fifteen feet. Oh, those tires are. I don't know. Who knows what they are? The floodlights on top. Forty. Like, yeah, that floodlights. I wonder if does he have one of the truck horns? The real good. I, God, I would love one of those. Oh my God. Okay, but, I would scare the crap out of people all over town. Can you get more of an "fu I'm rich" yeah. type of picture? Than driving that car around, how much does that cost to fill up regularly, and how often it goes through gas? In today's climate, seven miles to the gallon, probably right. a forty-gallon tank. Right. And oh, by by the way, maybe he just took it out just so he could show up at camp, eh. and he probably never drives it anywhere else. Right. That's so ridiculous. You fill up gas, and then Ciara's out there, and she's got the "I did this" Biden sticker, and all mad about the right. price of gas right. right now. She sticks it on the pump, it, and you're like, he's "Family, it. you're." Your truck gets seven miles to the gallon, and it's got a 40-gallon 40, 40 tank. I saw, I saw somebody. kind of bought into this whole gas thing. Can you imagine the pump, like, Russell Wilson pulls up, and he's filling up, and he looks at you like, you believe this thing? It's unbelievable. <laughs> the gas price is down. <laughs> you believe what he's done? You bought a tractor trailer. Right. You have the cab of a semi. It's, what are you doing? It is. It's exactly what it is. It is absolutely ridiculous. John, when you have kids, you'll well, you do. It's all about safety of the kids, you know? Hey, if I'm going to get into an accident, I will kill everyone else in the accident, but my kids will be safe. That's actually kind of the terrifying part about this. Is that My, is my faith true. will shine. Then I forgot. That's right. Russell Wilson is a very faithful guy. I believe in God. Yes. And Ford Country. And crushing other cars. Right. That would be terrifying. So you take it more as an insult. It's more of a, a flaunting of the wealth. Oh, of course it is. What else is it supposed to be? I mean, is there a Denver fan, considering how desperate they are to win, Who's going to say anything? Do you, I, I wonder if it can't be as bad because he just got there. I wonder if Denver will get to a level 
where the uh, sports talkers and the fans are as bad as Kansas City folks. And by bad, I mean you want to talk about someone who is protected in a city? Patty M? Oh, my God. I bet. You can, you can barely – I mean, one of the best – one of the interesting subjects around Patrick Mahomes is his brother and his wife. Right. What they want? Good luck not getting just eviscerated if you bring either one of them up. Oh, really? With Patrick Mahomes. Interesting. Oh, they're very. They well, protect. They protect Pat and company big time. You want to know? You want to know? A fan base is very similar. Um, just peruse like Angels Reddit when the article gets posted. Mets calling about Shohei Otani, and in the report, it's like, yeah, hey, you know, Otani has given you know plenty of indication that he doesn't want to resign. What indication is he given that he's not going to resign? Why wouldn't he resign with the Angels? There's no nobody knows what he wants. Like, I think he does. Yeah. I think nobody wants to resign with his team when he's you know entering the prime of his career and he could be incredible for anywhere else. Do you do you read on uh, Twitter sports radio hosts around the country who every once in a while seem a bit too protective of their teams and players? Yeah. Like sometimes I think it is a bit. That's the character they're playing because fans like it and they right. gravitate to it and it gets you follows and you get a certain kind of follower i find the sports radio station in san diego to be like really interesting super pro san diego state they some of the guys were touring the new stadium in san diego aztecs are going to open up snapdragon stadium yes on september 3rd it's just about done they were showing the stadium and they put out a picture of some tacos okay they look like really good tacos like not stadium tacos and I simply asked on multiple accounts, I was like, hey, do you know what the price of the tacos are going to be? And one of the hosts was like, fires back like five minutes later, and is like, whatever it is, I'm sure it's going to be well worth it. I'm like, oh my God. are you seriously protecting the concessions the and the prices of the tacos? I'm like, I actually, what I was really doing is I was, I was expecting back like, yeah, they're two for 10. And I'd be like, yeah, they're, well, they're going to be two for 38 here. So. Right. Or maybe I took it the wrong way. I'm trying to find the tweet. It doesn't. It, it oh, here we go. Here it, we go. it doesn't. It, it didn't say anything, but because there's no tone in, a, in, a, in the written word. Okay, I'm reading it now. Yeah, like, it's not. There's not a tone because you might be saying that they were really good. Well, like the, they were delicious. The, but the person I'm following is also very, very positive about San Diego sports. Also, you should respond with. So if I say they're a hundred dollars for three, I, I so wanted to. <laughs> I mean, like if it's thir- if they're ten dollars a piece, whatever the cost, my firstborn child, it's worth it. These three tacos, they're delicious. Well, I mean, I kind of lied when I sent back. I was like, well, I'm coming down there on November fifth, so I want to be prepped with the right <laughs> amount of cash. That's all I was asking. I was actually, I was really going to make a comparison to prices. I'm sure the prices that. SDSU Stadium are going to be cheaper than some of the stuff that. Okay, we- hold the phone. There we go. Did you inspect the tacos that he took a picture of? They look bad. I'm I'm irritated now. What that I that that the person is fully behind them? Yes, these are clearly vegetarian tacos. It's chopped up mushrooms with oh, onion right. and cilantro. You're right. Whatever the cost, it's worth it. What's what's the doesn't cap? even look like it has seasoning on what's it. What's the ca- what's the cap on a mushroom taco? That's terrible. What are you thinking? Concession free. free. free? <laughs> <laughs> Give it to me for free. Yeah, I've had a few vegetarian tacos. The uh, the SO likes to get stuff like that. I've had a few where I was like, "What did we just pay for this 
mishmash of whatever smushed potatoes. <laughs> right. Well, now hold it. Now there are tacos de papa, which are awesome. Yes. But tacos this, of what? What's this happened? Tacos de papa. Oh, okay. Those are disgusting. That looks disgusting. I'm a mu- I'm pro mushroom. D- different kinds of mushrooms, psychedelic mushrooms. Yes. Edible mushrooms, but like that looks terrible. That is not worth what is sure to be twelve dollars. Up next. Interesting quote from Josh McDaniels today at training camp. He spoke at 7.45 in the morning. He was quoted as saying, you can't win until you learn how to not lose? What? Why did that come up? Find out next. Join the conversation on Twitter at ESPN Las Vegas. There's been a lot of talk about Notre Dame, and our university loves that. And you look at the past, the history of this university and this football team, we were built on being independent, playing teams across the country. Now, our president, our athletic director is not going to put us in a position to not be successful. They're not going to put us in a position where we're going to hurt our university, our football team. So if that ever becomes the case, I'm sure we'll have to join a conference. Hanging at the William Hill Sportsbook inside Silver Sevens, it's Cofield and Company. Marcus Freeman. The Notre Dame head coach. Coaches are in a bad position to talk about all this because they really have no say. But I want to react to that in about 10 minutes because Notre Dame has been independent. It's highly unlikely they can remain independent, but we'll get to that inside of 10 minutes. Silver Sevens, a lot of football talk today. Pac-12 media days tomorrow, so everyone's all fired up. Uh, George uh, Kliakov is going to speak in the morning, and I think everyone's like, he better come out with something great, like, you better, you know, reinstate some confidence. We'll, we'll see what he says. So there's a big buildup for that tomorrow. But I just talked about Josh McDaniels, and the quote was a little clunky, uh, but he threw out a quote this morning that said, you can't win until you learn how to not lose. Now, if you just see that, you're like, what the hell is he talking about? What a nothing statement. But he was asked a question well, first of all, we're all down there, and, you know, it, the Raiders' uh, media sessions go real fast, and there's, like, 40 people in a room, and everyone's trying to get their questions, and it's like, hey, you're next, you go, you go, you go, you go, right? Will Kiss, PR guy, runs things. And Q Myers over on Raider Nation Radio 920 had a question. He got skipped. So McDaniels was like, whoa, hold on. Go ahead, Q. Go ahead, Q. <laughs> at, this, at this stage, would you consider it more teaching not to lose with the guys than it is more coaching to win games right now? When you say that, what do you mean? Like, are you guys doing more teaching as, hey, you know, more discipline type stuff right now just to get the, the fundamentals locked in as opposed to how you want to run things? <laughs> That's a trick question. Uh, can we skip Q? And go to- <laughs> no. Um, I think I think it's the same. Okay. You can't win until you learn how to not lose. Wow, I'm just more amazed that Q like and Josh McDaniels are tight like that. The man puts in his time. It's very true. He's one of the voices of the Raiders. Yeah, objectively though, of course. Yes, we will have another Raider pre pregame coming up this season from Allegiant throughout the year. Q is the host of that one. Nice. I understand. I understand the line that he was like the path he was going down. I think, yeah. McDan- and I understand what Matt McDaniel's is saying too. It's a clunky way to say, "Yeah, we got to work on fundamental stuff. We can't shoot ourselves in the foot. We can't turn the ball over. We can't commit penalties. We can't do the things that give opportunity to our opponents." You can't win until you learn how to not lose. 
Avoid mistakes. Things that lead to losses, get rid of them. We'll build on that, too. Later on, he was talking about the uh, the, one of the big narratives of Raiders camp has been the players doing laps like they're 14 years old. But it's actually a player-driven initiative. Ooh, okay. But there's a reason all of us as kids do laps because it works. Right? Did you like to run laps? Well, for us it was as a big fellow offensive lineman right. your freshman year at Bishop Gorman. For us it was no suicides. Fun. Yeah, it was the suicides, but yeah, the same thing. I don't want to run them. Hey, <laughs> it sounds it's, they suck. I, I they can, suck even when you're 27. Or, or the up downs. Oh, and they would have us do it in a special area of the field that was all dead grass. Uh, so every time you hit the ground, it was just like a puff of dead grass in your Vegas. Face. Uh, uh, Vegas up downs are tough because oh, it's not yeah. always grass. It's oh, a rocky surface. Brutal, absolutely brutal. And and Gorman was not the. Uh, the beautiful campus that yeah. it is now. Artificial turf? Uh, the, uh, not quite funded the way it, it is now. It was a, it was like a big backyard, essentially, in the back of the old Gorman. It was but you helped build it. I did. You were like, the, you were like right there at you know, kind of the beginning of the, the next great era. Two years on the old and two years on the new. I broke it in. Oh, is that right? Yeah. I didn't know you went to the new. Oh, yeah. But it was not like anywhere near complete. No. Yeah. Now it's, it's a junior college. It's, it's, um, it's, it's unbelievable. Giveaway time. We got the Evo Championships in town. Arena Finals. August 5th to the 7th, Mandalay Bay. This is a video game fighting tournament. Massive crowd show up. We've got a pair of tickets right now. You can grab your own tickets at AXS.com. But Ari's got a pair of tickets for August 7th, 364-1100. Evo Championships, Caller 7 now. Awesome giveaways and promotions all week long at the William Hill Race and Sportsbook inside Silver 7's Hotel and Casino. Hanging at the William Hill Sportsbook inside Silver 7s, it's Cofield and Company. So tomorrow is a big day for the Pac-12, at least from like an image standpoint. The commissioner is going to talk about where the Pac-12 is right now, we assume, right? Every commissioner has had this big opening statement, and you know the Big Ten commissioner, Kevin Warren, really dropped the bomb on a lot of schools by just openly mentioning other schools outside of the conference they'd be interested in. Doesn't right. help the Pac-12s cause when Kevin Warren says, hey, we'd be interested somewhere down the road in Notre Dame, Oregon, Washington, Stanford, Cal, Florida State, Miami. Because, you know, the Pac-12 from at the outside, you know, a lot of people are looking at it like, man, this, this thing's going to fall apart. So that didn't help. Um, John Wilner and John Canzano are two of the big media guys on the left coast. Canzano is a Portland guy. Wilner is a Northern California guy. And what's happened is uh, I think a lot of the conference realignment talk has been driven by some of the dudes in the Midwest. And what happens in this case is you have Big 12 powers will feed Dennis Dodd. So then Dennis Dodd is giving out information that just makes it sound like the, the Big 12 is just rock solid, good to go. Man, the Pac-12 screwed. And Canzano and Wilner, like, they've covered the beat for 20-plus years each. And they're giving this the kind of the side hey, this is what's happening out here. We actually talk to people at these schools. So there's sort of this Midwest, you know, West battle that has been set up. And then, you know, I, I've sort of accused Dodd of being a mouthpiece for the Big 12. I don't think he is. I don't think these guys are mouthpieces for the Pac-12. That's where their sources are. That's where their connections are. So Wilner sent out a, a tweet the other day. He goes, Big 12 fans are taking great delight in not having any schools the Big 10 or SEC would want which is a shot at them because right. the Big 12 is like, oh, we're, we are rock solid. You know? Like, yeah, because no one wants you. Right. Now, I don't think that's the case. I actually think there's a lot of attractive Big 12 schools. As I've said a million times now, I don't think 
Morgantown, Manhattan, Kansas, and Ames, Iowa are the attractive spots. Mm-hmm. But I think there are some good places in the Big 12. But there's certainly good places in the Pac-12 and where people can get jobs and make money as well. And I think that's a big thing when it comes to TV. Um, but, yeah, he says, you know, Big, big 12 fans – uh, are taking great delight in not having any schools a Big Ten or SEC would want, while also claiming the league has vastly more value than the Pac-12. Hmm. He said, you got to love realignment Twitter. It's been hilarious because it's just it's fans of schools just taking shots at other schools. I will throw in, I think one of my favorite parts is many of the fans speaking really don't have a true stake in the school. I guess they do, but many of them didn't actually go to the school. You know? Right. Like all these, you know, they actually did not – Go to the school, but it, what it's turned into is kind of this obnoxious: only sports matter, only football matters. Um, I'm going to speak on cities and areas that I know nothing about, but I'm just going to crap on them. Mm-hmm. It's but obnoxious. To, and to me, I think you kind of hit on what, what this has been is. I think it's a lot of people also not understanding what you're looking for in realignment and grabbing programs in schools. Like people keep bringing up like with these or these Pac-12 teams, like Oregon's the only really good sports program there. Like doesn't matter. You're grabbing. They want Washington for a reason because of like where they're at in the market they're Seattle in. Seattle and Portland, right? It's Oregon, Cal, and Stanford have value, even though Cal is down. Stanford's got an endowment that's worth more than all the endowments of the Big Twelve combined. Northern California is extremely wealthy now. Has it been as passionate recently as it should be? No, because both programs haven't been great. But again, based on what realignment has been the last fifteen years, it's all about cities. That are connected to schools. Right. And I'm talking cities, not towns. Yep. Cities. And, and yeah, and these revenue, the, these TV deals are tied to, like, the the viewers or, excuse me, the uh, TVs that you're going to get, essentially, in those markets, everything like that. That's why they want them. It's why, going back to what we were talking about with that grading the other day, like, if you were to ask just the, somebody on the outside, like, which, in conference or alignment, program would be more attractive, UNLV or a Boise State? I think everybody would probably say Boise State, when in reality, it's probably UNLV, given the growth of the market. Yeah. And all the potential there. Boise's market, 106. They have a really good football program. They still don't have a lot of money, though, for athletics, and that's because the Mountain West deal gives them nothing. Mm-hmm. I was just telling you during the break, Leon Rice just got a new deal, five years, $5 million. That's astonishing. There, are, no there are most jobs in the Power Five in college basketball. Even the bottom-dwelling programs pay their coaches at least $2.5 million a year. He's making, listen, great living. And right. I'm sure – I mean, he wouldn't say this publicly because it would, I guess it would kind of denigrate what Boise is, but I think he'd, he probably would say, hey, I love being in a small town. I love the feel <laughs> right. of Boise. You know, I got a good job here. I've won 20 games every year forever. I'm going to stay here. But I found it interesting earlier, John, uh, B.J. Range, who covers Boise State and has uh, set up his own – this is a great setup, man. He does great coverage for Boise State fans. He's got his Bronco News Network. Um, he was throwing out a question – he goes, Boise State fans going to Corvallis. Well, that's where Oregon State is in the Pac-12. Would you be interested in a meetup event Friday night? Ah, you know what? I misread this because I think they're actually playing. They're actually playing this year at Oregon State. Damn, I was actually reading that as yeah, future, as like, like yeah. hey, what do you think of the future? Now, the interesting thing on that, the future also could mean Boise doesn't get invited. The Pac-12 gets blown up, and Corvallis and Oregon State are in the Mountain West. Yeah. It could happen. Which, which I'm telling you, if you're Wazoo, if you're Oregon State, you know, in the in the ACC, I could name a bunch of places. If yeah. there's some sort of Pac-12 ACC merger, I don't know if everyone's coming. You know, I don't know if Blacksburg, Virginia is coming. Not sure. I, I was going to say Georgia Tech. You know, it's in Atlanta, so that's a big city. Yeah, but I'm not sure they all get to come. So this this stuff is so nuts. And then that brings us back to what 
Marcus Freeman, the new coach of Notre Dame, was saying, like, hey, we've always been independent. It means we get to play the best schedule possible. Notre Dame's deal with NBC ends in the next two years. Notre Dame, listen to this, the independence, it's our money. We get to control it. The other conferences have grown so much in the TV packages, Notre Dame only gets just under $25 million with its TV deal. That's it. Now, I think they have other monies, so it probably makes it worth But remember, the new Big Ten and SEC deals come 2026 or so, each school is going to get probably somewhere north of $90 million a school, mm-hmm. up to 110. Notre Dame's at 25. Now, Notre Dame has sent out feelers and said, we want 75 a year for our independent deal. Will someone step up just for Notre Dame at 75 million a year? Is it worth it to NBC? Could you get Amazon? Could you get Apple? Could you get a non-traditional carrier to pay $75 million? By the way, that's still lower than Vanderbilt mm-hmm. will get from the SEC. So – I think the, there's an inevitability there unless someone, you know, Bezos comes in and he's like, oh, I'll give you $150 million a year with Amazon. There's an inevitability to Notre Dame's future that they may not be able to stay independent. Right, but there's also, going down to what you're talking about, that there's an arrogance to that, right? Like, if, you're, if, if you don't want to join a conference, and let's say you're using your benchmark of $75 million, if you're still willing to take $20 million less just to, you know, control your own money and stay independent, that sounds somewhat foolish. I'd bite the bullet and join the Big Ten if I'm getting 90-plus million dollars if I'm Notre Dame. But they, they have – I mean, independence has a lot of benefits. Oh, you know, yeah. Like, obviously, when, when COVID went down, there were schools in the Big Ten that were like, hey, we don't agree with the rest of the – Nebraska was like, F this. We're just going to play anyway without you guys. Notre, Notre Dame has been able to do whatever it wants forever. Join the conversation on Twitter at Cofield & Co. I plan to raise an issue that's a top priority for us. The release of Americans Paul Whelan and Brittany Griner, who've been wrongfully detained and must be allowed to come home. We put a substantial proposal on the table weeks ago to facilitate their release. Our governments have communicated repeatedly and directly on that proposal. And I'll use the conversation to follow up personally and, I hope, move us toward a resolution. Lawyer, host of Suit Up News, legal and cultural contributor, Xavier Pope, is live on Cofield and Company. Let's bring in our buddy from Chicago, Xavier Pope. That was the announcement that a trade is in place. Sounds like a sports deal, right? Uh, But much more serious, much more uh, deadly in one case. Um, Trade for Brittany Griner is on the table. We'll see what the Russians do. Xavier, how are you doing, buddy? Great. How are you guys doing? I'm good. I'm glad to see that the U.S. is uh, you know, making a real effort now to get Brittany Griner home, but I'm guessing that a lot of people are going to look at this and see who they're trading in this uh, one-for-two deal and go, hey, what are we doing? Maybe we shouldn't be making this trade for Griner. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's troubling when you have the trade for a arms dealer um, that is a threat to national security. Um, and so... Uh, and whether that trade itself is is lopsided, you know, we see plenty of trades in in, in sports that are that are absolutely lopsided. Uh, we currently Chris Broussard trended today for suggesting that basically Boston Celtics trade their entire roster uh, for Kevin uh, Kevin, uh, Kevin Durant, and that seemed like a lopsided trade. But this is a different type of lopsided trade when you consider someone who um, uh, who is uh, someone responsible for death. Um, and um, I think that's probably why um, Wheeling was thrown in um, to make it uh, more level in terms of a trade. 
Um, but it, what what danger does he pose once he gets out of prison? Um, that remains to be seen. But and also considering the the uh, the crime that Brittany uh, Griner uh, admitted to, and uh, it's it's it, it's 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 difficult politically because what if it doesn't what is it what if it doesn't happen? <laughs> and so now you've got the president with an egg on his face um, from not having it happen, and then he has egg on his face in a secondary sense. Um, for proposing to trade a pretty dangerous person. So, so what do you think? Will it happen? I, I, I uh, we're talking about uh, Russia and yeah. what they what what so far with the representatives from Russia said they wouldn't contemplate a deal until their an actual the trial was over. Well, the trial is still going on, and so yeah, Biden may have proposed what proposed this trade, but Russia still holds all the cards because. Their people probably want that arms dealer back far less than uh, in terms of our, the citizens of America wanting Brittany Griner to be freed. And that's why initially, I've talked about this on the show several times, why uh, it, it was, they were, their family was, was seeking to have it under, keep it under wraps because they knew that if there was more attention to maybe pressure by the American public, this is something that Russia could use to pressure the United States in its, in its war against Ukraine. And so... I don't think it's going to happen right away. It's not. I think that Brittany Griner is going to spend the next few months at the very least in prison, um, just because Russia wants to be able to hold that over the United States. Xavier Pope is with us, attorney out of Chicago. Let's talk a, a little NBA. You were just making the the point about Broussard. First of all, I know they're talking about this uh, in just a little bit over on our sister station, Fox thirteen forty, with uh, Broussard and Rob Parker. Draymond Green wants a max deal, $138 million. You doing it if you're GSW? No, I'm not doing it at all. I mean, Draymond Green, uh, they, they got as much as they possibly can from him if he wants to walk uh, after that. Um, that's perfectly fine. Um, there are plenty of uh, – there, there, isn't, there isn't a market to give Draymond Green max dollars. It's not going to happen. Um, and he is on the tail end of his career. I don't – Draymond Green is only a player you can only see being valuable on a championship-caliber team. And championship-caliber teams typically don't have that type of money to spend on a, um, on a, a, a great role player. They may, you know, Draymond Green right now, he's looking at, he's at the, the max mid-level exception in terms of the type of money he would get on the open market. I don't see him um, making any more than $10 million a year um, in terms of if he went to another team. I, I don't see the appetite for Draymond Green getting a max contract. It would gum up Golden State in their attempt to go younger and be able to continue to have that team um, flourish through the end, uh, the tail end of Steph Curry's career, as well as as we don't really know what uh, what Clay has left in the tank. So it just would not be a smart move um, by the Golden State Warriors. I, they've been pretty shrewd in terms of how they've handled um, keeping that team intact. I don't see it happening. Yeah, it's interesting too because Clay is um, going to be up soon. He's got four, two years left, forty-three million dollars in the last year. I'll say this, Xavier, I do think there's something to be said of people have more value in certain situations, right? So, like for example, to your point, is he going to command a max contract for any one of the other twenty-nine NBA teams? Probably not. But I think the Warriors see more value in him because he fits perfectly with what they do. I think I would agree with the overall sentiment. He's not a max player. But Golden State, who's been willing to spend to the tax, might just say, screw it, we're willing to spend money. We, we're just going to throw it at him because he is a defensive player of the year candidate still, and he fits perfectly with what we want. 
Yeah, I mean, but how long is that going to last? Uh, he, 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 people talked about Draymond Green having a bad finals, but he did have some great couple of games. He just had a couple of bad games. There are other teams that would fit well with a guy like Draymond Green, like a, like a Phoenix, uh, maybe even uh, a Milwaukee uh, could use his services in terms of how they move the ball and how uh, they, they shift and switch defenses around. I, I just don't see his skill set fitting with that many teams in the league. But in terms of them taxing to pay him, I just don't see it being there. Um, if, I, if, if, if Draymond Green signs a max contract, I will eat a piece of carrot cake. Oh, oh, my God. Hey, that's good, actually. That's putting everything on the line. Yeah. Holy moly. Xavier Pope is with us. So we don't know the running joke, but it's very serious. Um, this man is very uh, – he's an anti-carrot kicker, as I call him. He's, uh, he's been out of control smearing the good name of carrot cake. Um, what good name? Well, can a, lot, I, a lot of people like it. Can I also like just say really quickly, Xavier, yeah. the thing that might work against you – and this is part of a report that was out there with this, is that Steph Curry sees the big three, meaning him, Clay, and Dre, as a package deal. Oh, wow. So that might, not, that might be something that works against you. They might just have to pay him that money because Steph Curry says you have to. I hope so. I hope so. Um, interesting, interesting statement made the other day, and I wonder if there's any legal ramifications coming down the road. Did you catch Jim Harbaugh basically saying that uh, if anyone in his family or program is involved in a pregnancy – maybe an unwanted pregnancy, that he will adopt the child and raise them? I, I, that, that's, I don't see anything in terms of legally uh, being a problem with that. I, mean, I don't know if it was like basically a verbal agreement, but he didn't make it specifically with anyone. But I don't know, like four years down the road, is he like, hey, you know what, I changed my mind. I actually don't want to take care of your kid. Wait, you have to. Yeah, yeah that's, that's, that's not legally enforceable. Um, because the a the child isn't in existence and it isn't related to a specific child, um, so I don't I don't think uh, if that was you know, someone to hold it at his word or he had signed a contract a contract for future parentage of a child um, that's just not legally enforceable. Uh, I'd like to see him extend it to the entire Michigan campus because I will I will guarantee <laughs> you he will be taking care of some kids because there's going to be some college kids who get pregnant and you know, don't necessarily want to have the child. Yeah, yeah, definitely that. I, I think that uh, he, he didn't have to say some of the things he said. And sometimes you wonder uh, why people come out and say some of the things they, they say. And uh, Jim Harbaugh was already riding high after giving a trial to Colin Kaepernick. Why would he wait into uh, such a live wire topic and then say some of the, the things he said that just sounded flat out wacky? Yeah. He's an unpredictable guy. He's a strange bird. Uh, that contract that Kyler Murray – signed agreed to with this homework thing he can actually lose money if he doesn't do it if that happened if he had money taken away because he didn't do his homework that wouldn't be legally challenged like hey it's on a contract that's it it's enforced uh, i mean if that something like that happened right away you know the nflpa would get involved um and there would be some sort of grievance filed against the team uh, for the money i and in, in terms of the the hour requirement and him, this home study, I, I think that is very subjective. And that's something that Kyler Murray could, could easily fudge on. It's not there watching over his shoulder. He has to punch a clock in terms of what he's doing. I, I, I think that that's just, I mean, we, everyone talked about Jamarcus, comparing uh, Jamarcus Russell having a study, but that guy was never good. Uh, and But, but Kyler Murray, um, the concern was, his development as a player, and if he develops as a player, if he doesn't 
study? Like, are they going to take their money back and, and risk um, a leader of their team? It doesn't make any sense. So, I mean, it's a pretty significant incentive if they see some significant drop in his play and his play, and maybe try to recoup some of the money that they are paying him. Um, but right now, I see that um, I don't see that as an impediment in terms of his relationship with the team, unless it goes sour from here. Xavier Pope, attorney out of Chicago, host of Suit Up News. What's on Suit Up News this week? We are we are we'll have a new episode up on Tuesday. Uh, go to at Xavier Pope, E X A V I E R P O P E, on my Twitter timeline and check out the new episode dropping on Tuesday. Nice. All right, I got some random questions. I'm on TikTok all the time, and I see videos mm-hmm. often of. Someone videoing someone else in public, and then the person being videoed starts, you know, going off on them. Like, you got to erase that. You don't have my permission. I sent you one where it was some guy on a beach being videoed, yeah. and the guy's like, oh, "You can't video me." And the, the the guy doing the videoing is like, "You're on a public beach." Yeah, you don't have an expectation of privacy in public. I mean, that's just that's constitutional law. Uh, you outside, you're walking around. Someone can film you. Uh, most people think they know the law, but they're most but most people uh, are idiots. Um, we've had a, a surge in people thinking they're experts in the law, science, and yep. uh, in, uh, international policy, economics during these couple of years. Um, but most people are, are frankly stupid, and this guy's one of them. Xavier, one of the one of these viral TikToks that I actually saw recently was these guys on motorcycles were taking pictures in an empty shed in, in I don't know where it was. But obviously, old big dude with like a Wilford Brimley type build comes out, doesn't like it. Um, at one point, takes one of their helmets, puts it in his truck, and locks the door so they can't leave the scene. What are the legal? Am I allowed to legally bash your window in to get my helmet back? You stole my helmet from me. You're almost trying to hold me hostage in this situation. Well, that that that's called assault. Uh, if you grab someone's you. An offensive touching to someone's body, someone's body or anything connected to their body, is assault. You can't do that. And if you prevent someone from leaving, and you use physical force to do that, that's false imprisonment. So, I mean, the filming is probably the, the the very light thing. Attacking someone and holding them hostage—that's where the crime starts. A very important question to close on. We got about a minute left, Xavier. Uh, you saw the explosion, uh, just outrage, anger, sadness, uh, when the Choco Taco, the announcement is out that it could be discontinued. You confidently sent out that it will not be discontinued. Yeah, it's one of these situations where certain brands say they're going to end something, see what 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 catches on social media, Unilever, uh, and saying that it was less popular. But now it's popular, and people are going to go out and try and buy these Choco Tacos is possible. And then they're going to say, oh, we're not going to retire the Choco Taco. It'll become popular and people will start it. eating again. Yep. And then people it. will do, like, Choco Taco challenges. And I applaud this move. Choco Taco was my favorite item off the truck. Uh, so I devoured many a Choco Taco. I am a Choco Taco fan. And they shouldn't retire it. And I guarantee it's not going anywhere. I knew it. It was all a work, uh, you know. I think we got worked by Big Chicken, you know, like Big Tobacco. Big Chicken worked us for a new chicken sandwich at every restaurant around the country for like a year, and I think this is big ice cream getting its claws into us. That, that's, that's it, see? I mean, you, you, did you, have you eaten a Choco Taco since this has been released? Uh, no, every day I think about going and stopping. I, I probably will on the way home tonight, but I love them. Actually, I had a friend who gifted me um, a whole case of them. We have like a wholesale ice cream place. He got me like 24. It was like the, great, it was the greatest month I've ever had in my life. Oh. See, there you go. I mean, just just t- toss those down your pipe, and you know you are you are get bringing Choco Tacos back one 
uh, case at a time. There you go. Xavier, <laughs> we'll see you uh, in town next week for NABJ, okay? Love you guys. There he is, Xavier Pope, 4 o'clock hour on the way.